Hey, what's up, everybody, man? Welcome back again to a Sports Talk. Um, Antoine, you're my co-host. E, what's going on, brother? Yo! Um, it's time, y'all. It's, it's, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm hold, hold off a little bit. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna let Twan go and introduce the podcast, but y'all, you know, it's, it's gonna be a sad time tonight because the season's over. So, I mean, go ahead, Twan. Do what you gotta do, man. I, I don't know what season you're talking about, but, uh, anyway. <sighs> yeah, um, it's over. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, yeah, we'd like to welcome everybody back, man. Really appreciate all the love and support everybody been giving to us, man. You know, I, That we've done, you know, it continues to grow, and I just really appreciate everybody. Um, if you guys, um, you know, could make sure you please send in your questions and comments to us for our questions for the crowd segment from the cloud um, segment, and also uh, if you have any business or a company or you like to sponsor a segment, please email us or uh, DM us on um, Instagram. Or you can send us a text message if you have our, you know, personal phone numbers. So, moving forward. Tonight, we have Game 5, Raptors uh, lead three three games to one over the Golden State Warriors. Um, breaking news, Kevin Durant will be playing tonight. Uh, and he will not be on a minutes restriction. So... What is your prediction? What are your thoughts on KD coming back, and and thoughts on him being on like without having a restriction? <sighs> yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and trademark this phrase. Um, print the shirts, make the merchandise, make the merch. Okay, the series is over. I don't give a damn who's coming back. The Warriors would not win the series. Kevin Durant's coming back. Cool. I didn't think he was going to play this series. I think he's going to be a decoy tonight. And I know everybody kept saying – well, I know uh, on the ESPN they were saying he's not on a minutes restriction. Uh, what I heard earlier from, like, Rose and them and Steve Kerr, they were basically saying they're going to watch how he plays. And if he looks good, they're going to keep him in. If not, they're going to take him out. But either way, um, again, go ahead and print the shirts, y'all. Uh, Drake – Drake about to have a ooh, loud, he about to have a celebration tonight. It's over. Yeah, he's gonna be celebrating no matter who won. Look, man, shut up. No, don't, <laughs> don't don't do drizzy like that. Don't, don't do drizzy like that. It's but, the truth. Uh, look, look, it's over, y'all. I'm gonna go and say the prediction's gonna be. Well, I put it like this: Golden State obviously has a chance to win. Um, what I'm gonna say for Golden State to win, it's gotta be close. Uh, if it's not in a Toronto win, it's going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be like no close win for Toronto. I don't think Golden State going to just beat them out the frame. But, again, I just think it's going to be – I think Toronto's going to win. I'm going to say it's probably going to be like uh, – I'm going to say Toronto wins 110 to about to about 95. It's over. It's done. 110-95? KD going to shoot them out the game. It's over. What you think? Oh, I don't think KD can ever shoot anybody out of the game. <laughs> if he's shooting the ball a lot, he's probably really efficient. So, I don't think he can shoot you out of a game. Please. But um, I, I, my prediction for this game, um, I think the uh, the Raptors will go ahead. And, if they don't close today, then they'll close the next game. Um, that's what I'm. That's my thoughts on this. I don't. I don't really. It's. I don't know what Kevin Durant can see now. Granted, if I if I watch the game and Kevin Durant looks. Like, not MVP Kevin Durant, but all-star Kevin Durant. Then I'm going to have to, you know, reevaluate some stuff 
Um, and also not just him, but also with Looney and um, Clay, how they how they're playing. Uh, even though Clay hit six threes last game, he still didn't look like Clay Thompson. Um, um, defensively, he didn't look like he wasn't moving around like his normal self to me. Just from what I was looking at, I just don't think they have enough. Um, I don't think they're healthy enough. I don't think they're um, playing um, well enough on a string defensively. Um, you know, Toronto's beating them to loose balls. The 50-50 plays, they're beating them. Um, another thing, uh, two of the officials tonight, they've officiated uh, – they, they officiate, the officiating crew that's officiating um, this game. Um, they've done 10 Raptors games that, this playoffs. The Raptors are 9-1 in those games, the playoffs. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> So I was like, ah, well, looks like it's gonna be one of those games. So, um, you're not not to say that you know it, it's gonna be you know sweet sweet one way, but you know some officials have tendencies to call certain playing styles where teams play. You know, it kind of fits their playing style. So, um, not saying that you know some people are like, oh, these these officials are bad. Like, no, these you know officials they have ways they you know officiate games as well. You know, the same way teams have their own particular style then you know that you know the, the officials are the same way so you know they might they might want to slow the game down a little more they might like a, a faster paced game i know some officials don't like to call nothing because they just want to hurry up and get out of there um some officials who want to be the, the star of the show you know some people um some officials who have short tempers long tempers um you know, just that own little personal. Some some officials love making charge calls, and you know, I know teams have scout reports, uh, scouting reports on uh, officials. Well, I mean, I I've seen that before, even in high school. Like we going into a game, like, hey, don't say nothing to this guy, or don't do this to this so and so, or this guy likes to make make charge calls. So, um, yeah, I think um, Toronto, if they don't close out today, they're probably gonna close out tomorrow. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, the next game. Um, I just. Only thing that would change my mind on that, if I, if I if I see KD better than I think I'm going to see, I don't really don't think I'm going to see too much from KD. Honestly, um, I think it'd be a threat. But if he can give, if he can come close to Kevin Durant, and Looney's better and Clay is better, then you know that, that'll be something to watch. Um, I was hoping that I would hope at this point it would go seven games, just for entertainment purposes, because uh, we're about to go into to that sporting dead period where there's absolutely nothing going on but baseball and that's usually going on during the day and nobody's really watching it um so i'm really re- i'm hoping that this it, it can string this out as long as possible so um yeah man that's that, that's my thoughts on that so you know hopefully we'll see um what's going on but man listen y'all we got some some very good topics uh we're gonna prediction. get into today prediction 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 Prediction. I already said it. I said I believe score. Are, score. Oh, well, score. Uh, score today. I will go Toronto. I go Toronto one sixteen. Golden State one oh eight. Okay, now let's uh, let's get into why y'all gonna lose. Who's gonna lay down, Steph? Steph or KD? Well, I, I can't. I, what you mean? I don't. Well, I can't say. No, no, I don't. I can't exactly say KD's going to lay down. Exactly I can't I'm say. Mean. How can I say KD's going to lay down when he's not all the way up? Easy. He's Easy. not all the way up. Easy. Easy. He's supposed to be the best player in the world, right? Get he is. Get your get your shit right in. It's simple. 
it's mean, simple. He's, get he's, he's in the world. I mean, you can't. Him. When you need him most, where he gonna be at? I, I mean, so, I, I, I don't understand what you. I mean, he's played in what two straight NBA Finals, and he was the best player on the floor at both times. I don't know what else you want. We, we gonna do that? We gonna do that? LeBron James ain't playing what eight, nine straight Finals. Was he not the best player in the world in those Finals? Yes. On the floor? Yes. Oh, man, Jay, Jason Terry and uh, shut up. And, uh, See, J- Jason Terry might have something gone. to say about that. Credibility gone. See, that's what I'm talking about right there. See, J- Jason, I listen, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is Jason Terry and uh, JJ Barrett ain't gonna punk KD on no court. I, I mean, in the NBA Finals, I've seen LeBron, I've seen Kawhi, I've seen guys show up when they have to. Where, no, no, LeBron, the, no, LeBron, LeBron has been the best player on the floor outside of these past two years, and and in 20, what was it 20? 14, I thought Kawhi was the best player on the floor. And in 2011, I thought Dirk was the best player. In some games, Dirk was the best player. I mean, uh, LeBron had a couple of bad games in, in 2011. Um, but as far as any other time, of course, he was by far the best player on the court. You know what? I was listening to first take this morning, and Matt and Steven, they were talking. This might be the only time I've ever agreed with Matt Kellerman, but when he said that KD – cannot be considered the best player in the world this morning because of the fact that he's already playing with the best. I a thousand percent agree with that because uh, like Kellerman said, KD probably ain't seen a double team in what, three or four years now. Kawhi's seen a triple team and basically double team and he's still averaging 30-something and still getting it done. There's just no way in the hell, no way in the world I'm going to ever say KD's the best player in the world not playing with them guys. Just, I, I just can't do it. I just can't. I, I'm not, I'm not going to get into the whole X's and O's discussion about how when analysts say stuff like that it's like the most ludicrous thing i've ever heard in my life you don't because have to, from a basketball standpoint from x and o standpoint it is the dumbest thing i have ever heard in my life they used to say the same thing about michael jordan they used to say the same thing about i mean everybody else is like oh well, everybody getting all the attention on so-and-so this didn't like it, it doesn't work like that what did they say and, about mike you know huh i'm sorry what did they say about mike about how he got every single call in the, in the entire world. He didn't do anything until he got Scottie Pippen. Um, you know, stuff like, just like, <laughs> I mean like, I mean I mean they, I mean they're, they're going to try to make they're trying to just make talk stuff and to me I think they're on a mission to try to break the warriors up which is I I just don't understand. It's like Clay Thompson said a few years ago, just get everybody just get better. That's what they did. They re- essentially only signed like two free agents. Those Andre Iguodala and Kevin Durant are really the only guys that they really brought in. The only in. guys. You're adding a finals. You're adding your only finals MVPs. What do you mean the only guys? No, well, first of all, the first of all, first of all, let's be real. Let's be real. Let's be real. Andre, let's, let's be real. Andre did not deserve to win that MVP. Let's be real. He played well. I mean, and Andre, time, and Andre Iguodala was coming off the bench. Come on, now, let's be time, real. You call, at the time, you called him the LeBron stop at the time. You said he clamped LeBron. So, I mean, come on, Twan. Pick, pick your argument. Uh. You first of all, first of all. Be first, let's be real. Listen, first of all, I'm just, all, all, all I'm saying is, first of all, can't nobody stop any elite player in the NBA. Stop they it. can just make it tougher on them. Uh, they can't. They can't stop. There's, there's no elite player just getting bagged by somebody. They are gonna get theirs at some point. You can just forget. I don't care how good a defense you play. Uh, me, he I did mean, a good job. He did a good job. He did affect LeBron's numbers um, during that during that thing. But come on, man, he had no business winning that that MVP, and everybody knows it. But regardless, they LeBron brought in KD. Going, but listen, they brought in KD. You bring in a couple of free agents, but their core, their team is. Is organic is what they they've drafted and their players got better. Like we talked about the injury stuff and they took a risk and they brought they kept 
um, you know, they, I mean, they made a choice on taking a. Um, Who got better? Steph got better. Clay got better. So, so the already, so basically your core got better, and then you add Draymond the, got better. Okay, Draymond was okay. a, Draymond was a second round draft pick. Don't do that. He your was chubby. Your core got better. Yes, the your core, core got better. Player. The three guys okay. they drafted, and then you add. Not to mention, not to mention, they drafted not not to mention another guy they drafted that they won a championship with, and um, Harrison Barnes. <laughs> Boom. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, I mean, he, that was the best. They won a championship with him, and he, and the fact. Let's stop the jokes, okay? And listen, but listen, you, like you're missing the point. The point is, they they drafted Harrison Barnes. They're able to win, and he got better. They're able to win with him, and having somebody his caliber on the team, uh, you know, forfeited them. You know, the the just it worked out cap wise to where when they don't bring him back, that allows them room to sign another max contract, a max contract player which was Kevin Durant. So that them drafting well, putting them in position and, and those players getting better and created a culture for them to, you know, for guys to want to actually come play, play for them. Now, one guy that, you know, and we'll, maybe we'll talk about this afterwards. And uh, I'm a little disappointed in, in Steve Kerr right now. Um, I like, I, I'm having issues with a couple of the rotations um, and, you know, and, you know, kudos to to Toronto and their and their coaching staff. They're doing a great job because um, they're forcing Golden State to adjust to their moves. But and when they're not adjusting, um, Steve Kerr is sticking to it. Like they're not like anytime Golden State goes on a mini run, it could be like a five zero run. Toronto's calling the time. I'm like, nope, I'm just gonna get this together right now. And and uh, Steve Kerr is going through that whole Phil Jackson mindset. Well, like you know, play your way through this struggle type thing. And I get it. Sometimes it's okay. You can play your way through certain struggles, but sometimes you got to just help these guys. And Golden State has a lot. I mean, outside of Clay Thompson, you know, it's a lot of emotional, sensitive guys on their team. That's just the truth. Outside of Clay, everybody else on their team are probably that. I mean, most most NBA players in general, they are. I mean, we could. I could have a whole segment on how sensitive and emotional NBA players like the fact that they're going that they don't like owners, the owners of the team to call themselves owners is the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever heard ever, but we'll talk about that another time. But I just, I just wanted to say that, you know, I, I don't like uh, some of the rotations that Steve Curry's been doing. Um, I think he's leaving Boogie Cousins in entirely too long, and then when he does put him in, he needs to put him in a lineup where he can actually go play on the block where he doesn't have to seem like he's, where he has to feel like he has to be so unselfish, because they need him to score. And, um, you know, he's looking to be um Joe Kitcher, and he—that's he, not you, brother. Like you making some nice passes, and every now and then, but uh, that ain't you, bro. You know you need to go down there and get some buckets, and uh, stop flopping and flailing all the way like a—I don't, I don't even know what to describe him going to the hole sometimes. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, right, that, that, but that's my ahead. prediction for tonight, though. So I think if they don't get it done tonight, but I will say this: if KD comes back looking like KD, and I'm like, oh, that that, that might change my mind. I just, hope, I just hope we get seven games. Let me ask you before we get off this topic. Uh, you mentioned Harrison Barnes. Again, that's a, that's a complete joke to me because you didn't miss him one damn bit when he was gone. No, because uh, they, they replaced Kevin him with Kevin Durant. Durant. They exactly. replaced so, him with Kevin Durant. So, is he the best player in the world, yes or no? Yes. All right. That. All right. So, <laughs> just to go back to that previous argument, you're going to tell me everybody got better, which really was just your core, and then you right. add the best player in the world. And you're going to sit here and tell me you don't understand why 
pundits sit there and say that he's not the best player in the world anymore because he's playing with those guys. Yeah, I mean, that, record. Listen, listen. If Usain Bolt goes and runs on the four by one relay team for the United States, and the United States got the best four by one team, does that mean Usain Bolt is no longer the fastest man? No, he's still the fastest. I've been saying Kevin Durant's been the best player in the NBA since 2014. When he okay. won the MVP, I thought he was the best then. I was like, dang, this, I'm like, this dude, okay, he started, he's playing great on defense, and nobody can guard him on offense. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I thought it was Kobe up until like 2010. Then from 2010 up to like 2014, 2015 area, it was LeBron. And then up until, you know, up until now, I, I thought it was Kevin Durant. And it doesn't matter who he's playing for. Like, I can see what it is. Even when Kobe was playing on those garbage behind teams from uh, with Smush Parker, like, you, I can see that this dude is way better than him. I don't care if you trade him to the best team. I don't care if you trade him to the Spurs. He's still the best. And it's not going to change my opinion. It's, it's the same. Like, the now I gave what you saying, but I don't care who relay team you're running on. That dude is the fastest. I can see it. Yeah, now, but that's not different. taking away from everybody else. You you measure by time though. We we can't measure time in no basketball game. We can no, we can look. We can at, measure you know, skill. Like, we can we can we can go skill for skill though. Yeah, we we can look at things like that, right? But if you're playing with the best shooters on the well ever to play the game, mm-hmm. and you never have to see a double team or really face any adversity, why in the hell are you gonna give him that title still? I saw because I, I saw that. him. I saw him do it when Russell Westbrook went down and he still dominated. No, you and, didn't. You saw Tony Allen clamp that ass. Oh see? my goodness! You okay, seen, you seen them? Not okay, so he didn't dominate in the, in the in what's college. So no, we can't. Was Kevin Durant was not Kevin Durant was the best player? Wasn't the best player? Are you? Are you? You can't be serious right now. I, I Did you I watch him? Even that. even the biggest LeBron stand in the history of Earth, Nick Wright. Said the same thing back in 2014. Kevin Durant's the best player in the world. I, I you couldn't that. even argue it. I, I, I didn't, I didn't even that. want to be. I was like, this this dude really is like, I don't know what to say. Like nobody can stop him. We, we saw somebody stop him though. <laughs> we seen Tony Allen getting his ass. That's my oh, only gosh. argument here. We're not gonna sit here and just act like Kevin Durant's the best player to ever. We're not saying this player ever played the game. I ain't gonna say that. But I'm just saying when you get with the Golden State Warriors. If you never had to see a double team again, we don't know it, best no more because you haven't. So, had so, 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 are you saying so? Kevin Durant has become worse as a shooter. Has he become a worse ball handler? Has he become a worse defender? Yes, because he's actually gotten better well, defensively. As, as, actually, no. Everything when that he's done on the court, he's getting better at. When you don't have to score, guess what you can focus on, Twan? A lot of other stuff. His points per game haven't gone anywhere. What you mean? He's still doing the same thing he's always done. Like I, I don't, I don't understand it. He ain't averaging thirty no more. He was averaging 27 for his career. He's averaging 27 when he's playing with Golden State. I don't get it. No, no, that's great. But I'm just saying, when you got other teammates who are averaging damn Oh, so he can't make three? So you telling me this guy couldn't score three more points a game? Really? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. What okay, so at, nothing has changed gonna with him. we're going to look at team success, though, if we're going to look at team success, though, when you got a teammate who's averaging the same thing, if not more than you, and you've got the other so, so basically, what, so, bu- so basically, So basically yeah, what you're telling it's me. easy. So basically <laughs> easy what you're work. telling me. So basically, what you're telling me is that uh, KD did the right thing by leaving, playing with Russell Westbrook, and going to play with Steph because Steph is a far superior teammate. I'm saying he could have played with anybody, but I'm saying if you go get, if you go play with the team who beat your ass, it's it's like the bully on the playground. I, I don't, like, no, it doesn't no, matter. No, that's that's no happened way. before. No that's way. happened before. People, plenty of people have done that. Mike did it. No, I, no, he didn't. But plenty of people have done it before, and going Tim on Duncan to win championships. Kobe did it. Kobe and did they've it. gone on to win championships yeah, Kobe too. Kobe do it. 
No, Kobe, but Kobe did ask out. Did, Kobe oh, did ask for a trade. Yeah, who, who, who don't ask for shit? I mean, I'm saying. Hit Kobe me. didn't do it. I, Mike didn't do it. Did, he demanded uh, the trade. Who, who else is some of the greatest of all time? Did Shaq? Well, I don't know about Shaq. I mean, he probably kind of lost at that point. Kobe was the best. I'm just saying, though, you don't see no elite talent like that ever do that. Ever. Even LeBron didn't necessarily do that. He didn't go to the best team no. who beat his ass. He went to Dwayne Wade, who he whooped his ass. But you act like he went to the NBA champions or something. Who? KD. He went to the team who set the record and already had championships. Yes. No, they had one. They won a championship. And right. listen, and listen, you'll be the first person to say, and I and I agree to it. That there probably should be a little asterisk by that that first championship that you they won. I, I, I'm the first person to tell you. I'm the first person to tell anybody. Golden State is not as good as everybody think they are. And I've been saying it for the longest. You know how many times they got lucky in some of those playoff series where people getting hurt. And all these are get catching all these fortunate breaks, not playing teams at all at a, at a hundred percent. For sure. How many times that they that has happened several times for in Golden State's favor, and that's why I was saying like you know maybe now it's, it's it's all coming back to bite them from all those times that they they got past you know they got you know fortunate to remain you know fairly healthy, and then they're going through teams that guys are getting injured all the time. So oh not direct to me, don't do this please. Oh. So you know either way you know you have it. Um, Damn it. You know, I, I don't. I don't really think it's. I don't really think it's. I don't think Golden State is period is as good as everybody thinks they are, and or has been um, as a team. Now I thought. Now granted, they're nowhere near as deep as they used to be, um, as far as like a depth and their rotations, the way they. You know, I, I don't think they they are are that or that. But at the same time, um, you know, it's. You know, it's. I, I don't know, man. I, uh. I I just I think Golden State from a from a ranking of like they're dynastic. I, I you know they're good like those Patriot teams in the NFL. They're they're Patriots are a dynasty, but when you go rank individual teams, most people will say the best team that the Patriots ever had didn't even win the Super Bowl. So that's what I'm saying. Like I mean they're good. They I mean they're consistent. They have a, a winning culture that they've created, but at the same time they mean. They're not what everybody keeps – what everybody keeps – they won 73 games or however many games and something like, yeah, but, like, they were literally – I mean, Steph was playing 40 minutes in the last week of the game – of the season trying to catch this record, you know. And, and I think he tried to hit, like, 450-something threes that season. So they were chasing after a whole bunch of stuff. And and it's another thing, too. This is why I think the media kind of got in through to them is that they kind of fell into that whole – um, notion of like the regular season doesn't matter now. You know it's coming back. We're looking at the playoffs now. This this home court advantage may actually come back. You know, or to me so far, it's definitely hurting them. So um, I don't know, man. We'll just we'll see how it all plays out. But I just you know I've never thought Golden State was as good as everybody thought they were. Well, we're gonna find out tonight. Uh, anything else about the NBA before we move on? Nah, man. Uh, I just I hate that it's going to be going away soon. It may it may be over tonight, but you know if and if it is, you know at least we got the the draft coming up and uh um I guess we can talk about this next time. But you know um R.J. Bear, he's like he's only meeting with the New York Knicks now, like because that's where he's trying to go. I think that's a pretty smart move by him and you know his father and whoever else is you know in his life that's is trying to you know direct. No, I think that was a a. Good job. He went and worked out with Knicks, and he was like, that's it. I'm not going anywhere else. I'm not meeting with any other team. This is it. 
that's smart. I think that's smart from a marketing standpoint. I think I, that's brilliant. I hope because Jock back to the house. <laughs> huh? I hope the Knicks trade back to the house. <laughs> I hope they do. That, <laughs> that would just yeah. die I mean, um, yeah. I mean, we we can see it um, happen. <laughs> I know the Hawks are definitely trying to get up there. And they had a five, but they got number eight and number ten pick. Yeah, something like that. So they definitely got some stuff. I mean, well, I don't know if it's gonna be anything, you know, worth it. But yeah, they got a little something though. Yeah. What? Um. And then, well, I know Memphis is there. I mean, John Morant just oh, falls right to their laps. Yeah, he locked in. Yeah. So I mean, that, that's that's like a perfect problem. And I know they're trying. I don't know how they're gonna un- unload that Mike Conley contract, but you know, we still got an NBA offseason to come, and um, you know, FIBA. It's coming up too. I saw the roster for that. It looked kind of trash. I need to take a look at. It. I talked about that next podcast. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, in other news, now many of y'all um, may not know this, but growing up, me personally, um, I every Monday night, every Saturday night. Yeah, I don't even remember this, but way back in the day, and every Thursday night, don't say nothing to me. I'm in my room because I'm watching wrestling. I'm not watching wrestling. I'm watching wrestling. WWF or WCW. Now, it was a time period right, when Sting was going through that whole Crow era thing. I, there's no way. I was watching Nitro overall any day. Like, well, and then until, you know, the WWF came with the whole Attitude Era. Um, a lot of y'all who follow wrestling, y'all gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, that whole NWO, NWO Wolfpack, um, <laughs> You know, when when WCW had all the guys, it was, I mean, they had Goldberg, Sting, uh, Bret Hart was even over there, Lex Luger, Hogan, uh, Scott Hall, um, um, what's the boy's name? He was one, two, three kid in WWE. I actually met this guy and hung out with him. X Pac, like, one, two, three. X Pac. Yeah. Um, I can't think of his real name. I actually met this guy and hung out uh, with him. The same thing. Um, yeah, you had um, then you had guys like the Harlem Heat, uh, Booker T, and Stevie Ray, um, the Giant. Remember, the big show was the Giant back then. The WC, the WCW's roster was off the chain, and of course, you had you still had your guys, just the um, oh, Rick Flair. I could, whoa, I can, oh, Lord, styling and profiling. Don't get me started. You know, he's from Florida somewhere, gotta be, but um. I always wanted to have dream matches, you know, growing up, wanting to see certain guys fight certain guys. And um, when a lot of those guys left WWF went to WCW, we got to see a lot of a lot of them. Um, but there was some that, you know, we just never got an opportunity to see. And one dream matchup, uh, we actually got this chance to see it, but it was about 20 years too late. <laughs> oh, God. And it was Goldberg versus the Undertaker. And I, per, me personally, I always wanted to see Undertaker versus Sting. Um, I wanted to see Undertaker versus Sting. I wanted to see Undertaker. I mean, I'm sorry, Sting versus uh Stone Cold and Sting versus or Sting versus The Rock in the primes, um, the late or early 2000s, uh, uh, late 90s, mid to late 90s. That's when I wanted to see it. But um, as far as that Goldberg and Undertaker, it was 20-something years too late. and <laughs> Easily. Y'all, it was probably the most pathetic thing you could ever watch. Like, this is why, this is like watching two old men. Uh, Did you end up with uh, match? Yes. Okay, gotcha. So what, what were your thoughts on it? And what are your thoughts on, like, all the, the, the matchups that we, we never got to see? Yeah, so I'm going to start with just... <laughs> 
Go, I look, I told y'all last podcast, if you if you watch Goldberg and Taker, you're going to laugh. I mean, that's one thing. Like, <laughs> uh, now, for wrestling purists, I know they're probably like, oh, what's going on? They're just, you know, trying to catch a check. For people like me and for people like most people I saw on Instagram in the comments, boy, this was this was great because all you saw was mistakes. Uh, Goldberg, when he was coming out of the locker room doing his, you know, trademark entrance, uh, yeah, uh, you could tell he busted his head open on purpose to kind of get the little hole in his head just in case of blood need to come. And I, I started laughing immediately because I said he's going to start bleeding this match. Uh, <laughs> Goldberg used to come to the pyro, you know, right when it was supposed to be time. Goldberg messed around and burned himself. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> when he was walking to the ring, you know, you could see the mark on You could see he had come to that pyro, right? He burnt the hell out of himself. So he was already fucked up then. But um, just, just, just seeing everything, the entrances, I mean, you know, it, it's nostalgia reasons. You know, you're definitely pretty excited to see some of it. Uh, when you saw the in-ring work, though, and I ain't going to get too far deep because I can go on this all day, but uh, the match started off, Goldberg speared him twice. Uh, it was very, very, you know, weird <laughs> to see that. Um, you saw all the trademark stuff that you're used to seeing until it came to the finishing moves. And this is where it got good, y'all, because if you know anything about Goldberg, you know he does a jackhammer. Uh, oh, yeah. Goldberg. Well, first of all, Undertaker gave him a power, the Tombstone power driver. You know, uh, he, now he didn't land, it didn't go right. He actually dropped Goldberg on his head for real. And if anybody <laughs> knows anything about wrestling, uh, if you remember Stone Cold Steve Austin, he got his neck broken like that. So that's extremely dangerous to do something like yeah. that. That's I think they even banned power drivers now. Yeah, they did. They banned it. So he's the only one that can still do it. But. I'm pretty sure after the shit we saw, he ain't doing no more. But uh, he dropped him on his head for real. And you could see Goldberg was actually, like, messed up for real after that. For some reason, Goldberg tried to jackhammer him afterwards. It didn't work at all. <laughs> um, you could see Goldberg stumbling down the ring. Uh, the man's in his 50s, like, late 50s, probably early 60s. So the fact these guys are even in this shape, I still commend them. But that was a terrible match. Somebody could have seriously got hurt. And um, as far as, like, predict, I me, mean, I guess, dream matches, one thing I was very big on, I wanted to see Stone Cold versus Sting for the longest time. That was, like, one yeah. of the biggest things I wanted to see. Um, I always wanted to see uh, The Rock versus Sting, too, like you mentioned. Um, I mean, it's just a lot of stuff we just never got to see because of rival promotions. And I get it, but I think that can kind of translate to all sports, though, especially boxing, because in boxing, you never get to really see the fights you want to see until it's maybe too late, like Pacquiao and Floyd, stuff like that. So, um, I don't know. What did you think about it? Yeah, I just, uh, you know, you just waited too long. And then I don't trust, I don't trust them, this man, their writing team. They just, they really do not know what they're doing. Like, I remember when Steen came back uh, to the WWE now, um, came back when he came to the WWE and they had this promo going and I, everybody was excited because they made this promotional video with him. And they came out, and it was like, it was like in like a, a old abandoned warehouse. It was dark, and then they had a, a small a mini orchestra in there. And then it started off with one violin playing his theme music, and then the rest of the orchestra came in. Yep. And then all of a sudden, it just cuts. Like you just see somebody walking on a balcony, and I was like, and me personally, you know, from me knowing exactly what it was when I first heard it, I said that is Sting. And um, I saw uh, they they kind of cut to his face. And I was like, man, this is the greatest promotional thing ever. Then when he actually came out there to fight, he still has this stupid new theme song. He's wearing this red, I don't know what kind of overcoat. 
coming on. Then they, the, the matchup that they have him fighting are, are just terrible. He's playing the triple H, and of course he loses. Boy, they made him lose in a you know type a cheating type way, but still he loses. Yeah. I'm like, man, let's just know it. I'm like, Sting just probably coming out here to get a check. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, the but I just like I, I just I'm, it almost made me once I saw it, like I'm kind of glad I didn't get to see all of that because now in my mind in my memory I can always remember like nah I remember WCW Sting that was that dude and um you know I, I think man we might have to do our, uh, our all time wrestling power rankings too our top ten then we might have to do top. Top five, you know, tag team. Oh man, oh love. We gonna we gonna have some. We, we, we got we got to get some uh, some wrestling pods in here to fill in for all this boring time we about to have. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, love. We about to have some boring time. Yeah, I definitely agree a hundred percent. Though um, I was about to say, uh, well, so what's crazy is that for the match um, the other day, people kept saying, well, why would Goldberg Undertaker even come back for that? Um, for them two only between their match. Both of them got paid ten million dollars. Oh lord! Uh, if you're wondering why the hell they did that, throw me in the damn ring. <laughs> yeah, I'll take. I'll mm-hmm. do the same as that stuff they did for ten. I let them beat me like they used to do Mick Foley. Oh my! Back God. in the day, it's not even a question <laughs> what I would do for ten million dollars. Like, especially in that wrestling ring. Like, it's it's very much not a question. But um, yeah, like Twan said, we probably gonna hit something like that another day. Um, as far as like a top, you know, top five, top ten wrestling list. Um, I guess for a quick little sponsor thing, uh, everybody check out Physique by E. Uh, it's my family. You know, he's a personal trainer, Eric O'Neill. Look him up on Instagram, Facebook, whatever you want to do. Um, also, uh, let me see here. Tuan, do you have anybody you need sponsor for this week? Nope. Nope. All right. Cool, cool. Uh, what was our next topic? Are we getting straight to football? Or we have one more thing between. Um, well, I know we definitely wanted to, uh, Definitely get into our next kind of section as far as uh football because now that we're done with our entire uh, our rankings um system. But oh, um, oh, oh my bad, Madden, Madden, I'm tripping, I'm tripping. I'm sorry, Madden, I'm tripping. Oh yeah. So yeah, before we get too much into this, if you play Madden on PlayStation, please let me know. I need y'all to play Twan. Somebody whoop his ass and then let me know if you want to comment, if you want to send me the video. It doesn't matter, but I will watch the game gladly. I will even commentate and we can live stream this thing too. But for all Madden players out there, let me know. Send your game tag to us. Uh, you can DM me, DM Twan. It does not matter. I'm uh, at only underscore one underscore Ariel on Instagram. Let me know because I need somebody to humble this guy. I seen him get his ass whooped pretty good the other day, but he beat most everybody he played. But uh, tell me to your Madden back right quick, Cole. Let them know what's up. Man, first of all, first of all, that game that I lost that you saw, first of Whoop all, his garbage team. <laughs> that was a fluke. Some of the flukiest stuff ever was going on. And then I was laughing a new playbook, man. It wasn't like I planned for money that game. So, I mean, I was just, you know, going through the motions. Ass. Okay. Anyway, but, I mean, what did I finish? I had like a my win percentage over 90%. Like, it doesn't, regardless. I'm one of the best Madden players in the world, Whoops. hands down. His. And I'm not just saying that. I mean, I, I mean, I got the record to prove it, you know. It's just, it's just what it is. But um, I would say from 2000, from about 2002, 2003, up until about 2010, that's during that seven-year period, like Madden was like my, like a second life to me. And I'm not even kidding. Like I was literally traveling all over the place paying people 
in um in Madden uh playing in tournaments. Um I just I mean Madden was everything and you know also being a football nerd as it was anyway uh if I couldn't go outside and play it or do that like, I was you know I was in the in the house playing on the video game and uh, I just love the competitive side that's one of the things you know I still love to, to this day about coaching just the, the whole mental aspect of the game the whole X's and O outsmarting somebody outwitting somebody you know putting people in certain positions to be successful um and you know just just having fun with it is and of course you know having a um, another way of feeding your competitive appetite. So that's really what I really enjoy the most, being able to compete. Um, even though I, I like my, my physical playing days are, are gone, but I can still compete with you in on this way. So it's still fun. And, um, you know, at the um, EA Sports uh, just had their, um, their conference um, where they're, you know, previewing all the games coming out this year. Of course, we got Madden 20 coming out. Uh, Madden 19 was last year. It was probably one. It's probably, I think, yeah, by far, Madden 19 was the worst Madden I've ever played in my life. Uh, game. Um, it's just terrible. Awful animations, awful engine, uh, awful run mechanics. Like, it's just terrible. Um, like I'm literally in position to get an interception with a guy that's like six four, and then they'll let a five ten guy just jump over my head. And catch the ball, and you know, just kind of bring me into an animation when I even even when I'm sitting there pressing a catch animation, I don't get to catch. I mean, so I mean, no, no. it's just it's just really poor, and it's everybody's been saying it. Madden has been poor ever since they've gone to the whole next gen thing. Um, when they left PlayStation and uh, Xbox 360 and PlayStation Two, it was whenever it went up, and they changed like the whole they 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 sacrificed gameplay for the way it looked instead of just improving the way it looks because you can still play the whole point of playing a game is just for it to be fun and to be uh, realistic and as possible as far as the playing aspect and your control aspect but you know no, I, I get it you want a game to look good like I can still play tech mobile right now and still have fun doing it it's just a fun game to play um, I know people still to this day still play NFL Blitz they say man Blitz still fun and uh, NFL Street uh, man, these games are still fun to me they're, they're real games. You got full control of it, and I think they 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 you know they put in too many animations. Uh, the the run mechanics were just terrible, and um, it's just it just had a lot of bugs in the game. But watching it, uh, the preview that they show, some of the things that they show, I'm kind of optimistic about Madden 20. Um, I'm definitely gonna try to be competitive uh, this year. I just don't like. I'm not a big mud guy. I'm definitely a regular. Um, roster type type dude, but um, online gameplay, um, you know, gamer saloon, players lounge, but just regular teams or live tournaments stuff like that. But as far as like the whole mud, like I'm not really big into that. I think it's like a, I think it's like a scam, you know. So you know, it's you know, it is what it is. Um, I don't like you know seeing them dudes playing with like. Everybody on the on the field is ninety nine overall and ninety nine speed and like this is this is just ridiculous. But you know, uh, from watching the, the the clip that I saw, uh, it looks like it's going to be a lot better. Uh, the guys, the mechanically, they're moving a lot better. Um, I like that they're adding like kind of like how two K has badges. They're adding that to uh, to Madden. So when the guys get to a certain point, they'll um, you know they'll get like how we say two uh, K flaming. <laughs> So we try to get somebody in flame mode, and uh, of course it'll like ignite certain perks 
um, within it. So, man, yeah, I'm I'm pretty uh, I don't know, I'm pretty excited about about it. You know, um, Madden 20 coming out and 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 playing it. And uh, I just I like the way the guys were moving. They were running a lot better. It was smooth. Like like in this year's Madden, in order for you to go upfield, like when you caught a pass, you had to immediately press the spin button to spin upfield. You couldn't just press up like you want to go. Like, because if you did, he probably stop, stick his foot in the ground, do the electric slide, then he'll start going upfield. Hmm. So, you know, it's, um, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm ready for man to come back out and I'm excited to play. That. I mean, they're adding RPOs to the game and um, getting, I mean, finally, RPOs have been in the NFL for the last five or six years and Madden's just now putting them in the game. Like, that's how far behind they are. So, you know, selling us on a whole bunch of bull crap. And franchise mode in Madden has been god awful since PlayStation 2. Um, I used to love it back then. You know, we had full control over everything, building stadiums, uh, just everything that you could do um, on the um, the franchise mode. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. What are your thoughts on it? Um, I was just I, – I love when E3 happens uh, every time they – Every time I do like a little debut of the games in the summer, that's like my favorite time to kind of get on YouTube and watch what they're talking about. They got like a bunch of games, fighting, you know, sports. But for Madden in particular, I was really excited. And you kind of mentioned it already about the the kind of badges almost. Uh, they show Alan Kamara like in the little the trailer preview kind of thing or the gameplay preview. And um, boy, he looks good on Madden. That boy looks like real life, basically. Um, yeah. I saw- New tackle animations. I mean, some new catches from Juju and people like that. And I mean, I'm just excited for Madden to come out. I know usually about halfway through the year, I'll be tired of playing it. But I mean, just for just to know that it's coming because I know football season is almost around the corner. Mm-hmm. No, it's pretty dope. It feels good. Uh, side note: only game I truly cared about ever in life when it comes to football, NCAA football. I wish EA hadn't a mess. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know they're going to have a feature this year, but you can play with, like, 10 teams. Uh, That's Madden, though. That's Madden, though. It's not not EA Sports. I know. You're right. And and to me, NCAA has always been way better. Oh, my God. Than than, uh, Madden. uh, Up until the final few years in Madden and PS2, they finally kind of caught up. But I want y'all to think about something. They were running options, the mechanics for running options, the movement skills, the players getting on flaming. Now, like they had that back on NCAA. Like I remember, I'll be the first person <laughs> to tell you. I played with two, I played with two teams. I played with two teams back then. I played with Florida State, of course, on my boys, and I played with Miami because Miami <laughs> had Miami had Sean Taylor. Miami had Sean Taylor and more sites at safety. And uh, Sean Taylor, of course, he had a star. Remember that your star started blinking? Oh, and, uh, I mean, and the, man, there's still some good teams, man. I mean, I remember having to try to play against Vince Young. He, how he was so hard to stop. Uh, USC, when they had all those players they had. Um, yeah. That, that yeah. game was so fun. And then it's like I felt more engaged um, in the in into college football anyway just because of the game. So I found out about certain players before. Like, I remember – one of the last years of NCAA when the EC and I just the first thing I always go to check every game. I don't care well, I don't care if it was man, it was if it was NFL 2K or whatever. I'll always go to the rosters, team management. I go to all and I go see who the fastest person was. And I'll never forget this even before I even knew Chris Johnson was. Chris Johnson, uh, well, I won't say knew who he was, I say remembered who he was because unintentionally I knew who he was in high school but I didn't know that was the same dude 
But I went to EC, I mean, ECU had a running back with 99 speed. I was like, what? I'm like, how in the world they got a 99 speed running back or whatever? Next thing I know, I turn around at the combine. And this dude running full tour, like, oh, wow, NCAA got this one right. I didn't even know who this was. But, like, you think about all the research and stuff it had to go into those teams, you know, and yeah. um, and, and putting it into it. And then, like, you have guys who do because guys still to this day play, it on, play NCAA 14. They just update the rosters every single year. And um, just the way they move, man, the, 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 the functionality, like the engine, the plays. Yeah. Oh, uh, man, that game was – I just wish yeah. there was a way that they can they can bring it back, but I, I think it's funny that the teams that the uh, that are on there now is uh I know I heard some teams were complaining about their teams not being featured because they're you know thinking it's like a, an advantage for them being on there, but I'm I hope I hope that they can figure something out, um and if not, <clears throat> I, I don't want personally and you tell me how you feel, but I don't want the NCAA to to license out anything to EA, I want them to license it out to like 2K Sports. A third party, that, like somebody, yeah, 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 somebody else, because you know EA Sports owns. Like people always wonder, like, why doesn't two? Because two K made some great football games. They did. And people are like, why, why don't two K make sports game? I mean, NFL games anymore? Well, because uh, EA Sports, uh, Tiburon, has all the exclusive rights to the NFL. So yep. the NFL gives everything to EA Sports. EA Sports, nobody else can make a game. So and that's why EA can get away with making bad games every year. Because they have no competition. Like back when 2K was booming, Madden was booming at the same time because they had to keep up with 2K. So I'm right. hoping that if they do come out with an NCAA game, that it's on 2K and not EA. I mean, you know, I, I hope they're, they're um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know um, who's over there. They're probably like a sub party to somebody who's bigger that's over there. But I hope they get it. their own, if I'm not wrong. It's uh-huh. 2K Sports, okay. Yeah, if I'm not wrong. And you know what? To your point, I, I agree with you 100%. Somebody else needs to get it because I think competition is what makes games back then more, I guess, like more, I won't say more fun, but I'll say that's what made it even better back then. When you had mm-hmm. 2K, when you had that NFL 2K game, when you had Madden, they were competing against each other to have the better video game. But they're going to have to, they're going to make sure their product is, you know, whatever it is. When you got a yep. monopoly like EA has, that's just like with WWE now. Without WCW yep. around to kind of take away viewers, when you got Monopoly, you can do whatever the hell you want because you got all the money. You got all the product. So right. I very much agree with you. Uh, I was surprised. I, now, I am still surprised that NBA Live is still kicking somewhere. <laughs> well, the you know, they went away for a while, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm very and, surprised and, and, they still and, have games. Right. And even to your point, look, remember, I remember, I don't know about where you was playing up when you grew up. When I was growing up, Live was it. Like, I remember it was I had the Live with used to Steve beat Francis the on the cover. Beat the hell out of that boy. That boy yeah. Day, yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember, because I remember Michael Jordan was there. He was like player number 99. Like, he was never Ooh. on the game. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. And you like stuff like, I remember all of that. You know, Live was where it was at. And then all of a sudden, 2K came out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, this game was all right. And then you had two different games playing against each other. And then that 2K came out on Dreamcast. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Yes. It was a wrap. Now, granted, yes, sir. Yo, I know your Dreamcast probably didn't last about a month at a time. A month <laughs> or two. <laughs> but that 2 that two, listen, that 2K right now, you could probably go in there and still play it. And um, it, it, it was just, oh, man, that game was great. Um, But... You just you had you had competition going on, and 2K eventually got so good that live went away. 
until a few <laughs> years later they brought it back. Like you know, live started to try to make a little comeback, and now they're starting to do a little a, a little thing. Now, granted, I don't think anybody playing live like nobody. that, like they playing two K. Nobody, but you playing live, you just out of touch now. So it's, it's, yeah, but it, it, you know, it sparked something, and I think you know, hopefully, the NFL can smarten up and um, you know, get that license. Now, I heard it's supposed to be up after next year. Um, the license agreement or whatever is supposed to be up at, at oh, it's 2019 now. Oh, geez, time is flying, but it's supposed to be up after this year. Um, I, if I remember correctly, okay, but um, yeah, if it's up, I'm I'm hoping that they will like let other people touch it, you know, because I want to see 2K get their hands. I love to see 2K get their hands on a football game, yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, I want that too. I want the competition back. I mean, even if it's not. Now, like I said, NBA Live, I know they came back trying to, you know, they're not dead in the corner yet, but they basically, they they, they still swinging. 2K's not thinking about NBA Live right now. And, I mean, that's cool. But for the NFL games, though, I think we definitely need that because a lot of folks don't even think about it, but NCAA was competition for Madden back then. Even oh, yes, sir. Because I was the one that would go by NCAA. I might not even bought Madden when them games came out back then because mm-hmm. the fact that I and NCAA used to drop first too. Yeah, in the dynasty mode. Oh my! Oh yes, sir. Uh, you get to recruit. Oh, oh man, yeah, bro. That was I literally would play that game probably. Look, look. As a child, that entire once I get out of school, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's all I did, baby. Like I was playing <laughs> the game. Didn't yep. play no online modes when they came. Didn't care. It was nothing but dynasty recruiting. That's all I want to do. Yeah. When you don't, we haven't had that game for what about five years now. Boy, I've been miserable. Shit. Yeah. I've been so miserable, and Madden's just not doing it. But uh, yeah. Let's just pray. You know, we're gonna say a prayer. You know, one day and just hope the NCAA come back. Cause, boy, do we the hardcore fans out there? You can go on YouTube, go to a video. You can see them in the comments, boy. They are they. Everybody hates Ed O'Bannon to this day. Okay, the people do not like Ed O'Bannon for that lawsuit he did. But um, I mean, uh, let's see. So before we close this thing out, uh, final topic we're gonna do since we done with our rankings. Uh, you know, thank God because I was forced to do rankings. I didn't want to do the last two times. Hello, the uh, state. Whatever. Go nose. We're gonna now get to our the drums uh, in the background. Look, look, look. We're gonna now get to doing. Uh, we're gonna basically do two teams of podcasts. Um, we ain't got no name for the segment yet. We might do something stupid like double trouble. Ain't no telling. We're gonna do something dumb, but we're basically going alphabetical order and do team previews. Tuan's gonna do the actual analytical stuff that he does. I'm gonna just talk about fantasy because that's all I care about. And so, uh, I guess we got the Arizona Cardinals first. Tuan, talk yeah. about it. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll uh, – I guess I'll do the team preview um, for the – like how I feel they're going to do throughout the season, the additions, how it affects them on the real-life football field. And uh, uh, early hit from a fantasy perspective um, because offenses and defenses are, you know, part of fantasy. You know, you got a whole, a whole bunch of different leagues, PPRs, uh, and all that extra stuff. But anyway, um, Arizona Cardinals, uh, as you know uh, – Got a new coach this year, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. I personally, I'm a, I'm, I'm in the 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 I guess the the small minority that thinks he's actually going to be successful as a coach, um, as long as the organization is truly behind him 100% and gives him everything that he needs um, to, for uh, um, to be a coach. Now a lot of people say they'll try to point to his record and the things that he did at Texas Tech, um, or some of the things that he did. Uh, 
um, you know, well, well, basically, you know, it's his, his head coaching job there. But me, I look at the guys that he's grown and developed. And uh, you look at the something like even as a quarterback's coach, of, as an offensive coordinator, and as a head coach, you look at some of the quarterbacks that this man has touched. You know, I'm going I'm to let y'all do y'all due diligence. You go look up some of the quarterbacks that he's coached in college. And um, on the offensive side of the ball, he is – the real deal um, when it comes to uh, his offense, and he, um, I'm, I'm really, and <laughs> um, I'm in the mindset that you know he's gonna, you know, put Kyler Murray, who was the number one overall draft pick, um, this year, in a, in a in a position to be successful. So I'm really uh, expecting them to do well, um, and by doing well, I, I think they'll be around a seven seven win team. Now, granted, they did lose Patrick Peterson, PEDs. Um, was really shocking news uh, to me, but uh, I'm expecting uh, I'm expecting them to win at least seven games this year, at least, and uh, and to be a very exciting team to watch. Uh, I believe they're going to score a lot of points. I don't know if they're going to stop anybody from scoring, but I think <laughs> they're going to they're going to be able to score a lot of points. I think Kyler Murray is going to do very well um, as a rookie, and um, I, I just I like seeing guys being put in positions to be successful. And I like people going out on the wing. Like, you know, it took a lot of, you know, guts for them to uh, – I won't say it took a lot of guts, but um, it took something for them to say, like, you know, I'm going to get rid of our first-round draft pick quarterback that we traded up for last year because we have a guy that our coach wants to fit his system. And I think that's really how you have to look at things. And you have to and, um, approach stuff like that in the sports realm. You, got, you have to do it, and you know, that way. So um, I'm expecting about a, uh, a seven-win season from them. Won't be surprised if it's you know eight or nine, because I don't know how well I get to the, uh, you know Seattle and stuff, and you know teams, other teams in their division. I don't know how well they're going to do yeah. as well, but I definitely think they're going to improve. I love their drafts. I love some of the guys that they brought in, and of course they're going to have David Johnson back this year uh, with a passing game. You know, and he's going to be, you know, the field's going to be sprayed out to give him more room to operate and do work. And uh, I think they're going to be involved in a lot of shootouts. So, um, yeah, that's my perspective on them um, team-wise. So, I, I'll hand it over to you for the, for the fantasy perspective. Okay. So, uh, if I'm not wrong, uh, either and I think Andrew Luck has the record right now for the best fantasy quarterback season for a rookie ever. I think Deshaun Rock, Deshaun Watson was definitely about to break the hell out of that record before he got hurt. But right. I'm gonna go on a limb and say I do like Cliff Kingsbury, and uh, I'm gonna go on a limb and say Kyler Murray will have the greatest fantasy season for a quarterback as a rookie ever. Um, he's gonna break all them records. He might shatter them. Um, the boy can run, obviously. Uh, he can throw with the best of them. But uh, mm-hmm. the reason why I'm thinking he might have the best season is because, like Twan said, they're probably not gonna stop many people. All they really have is Chandler Jones for IDP players, get a lot of sacks. Uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Peterson, when he gets back, it's probably going to be way too late. But, I mean, if you want to take a stab at him, why not? But, uh, yeah, I don't see him stopping many folks at all. Now, uh, for the receivers, one deep, deep, deep dynasty sleeper, I'm going to say, is uh, Hakeem Butler. Uh, oh, yeah. Boy, is, what is he, 6'6", six, six, Torrey? Yeah, he's like 6'5", 220. Yeah. And then uh other boy was it Andy Isabella, the white dude. Yeah, Andy Isabella, yes, too. sir. Yeah. Man, Kyler got so many damn weapons. He still got Larry Legend there, Larry Bird. Well, not Larry Bird, damn. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald. 
got Chris. They also Kirk. they also brought in um a former uh Bears drafted Kevin White in the first round. They did. So they have him. Yep, they have him. That's interesting to me, but I'm gonna be honest. There's no, as a burnt fantasy owner, <laughs> I have no feelings whatsoever about Kevin White. He can he can definitely I don't give a damn. I don't really care. If he makes the team cool, but I am just not a fan at all of him. Um There's but, been health issues though. You know, mainly. Yeah, I guess. If you're looking for we're a tight end thing. looking for a tight end, do not go anywhere near the damn Cardinals. <laughs> I don't like Ricky Seals Jones as far as what he did for me last year. He tore my team up, sorry ass. And then uh oh, David Johnson. A lot of folks sleeping on him because he did not have this because he got drafted first round last year pretty early by a lot of people. He didn't really live up to the expectations. Now, folks, if you don't watch football, you probably don't know what he was running against that 10, 11 man box basically the whole mm-hmm. damn season. And so, if there's anything I'm gonna tell you, draft David Johnson. Uh, if it's not late first, early second, you're gonna get a steal because he's gonna yeah. do a lot of stuff. He's gonna get a lot of work this year. He can clearly catch the football. He's going to dominate there. But, um, yeah, I think David Johnson and Kyler Murray, they can lead your team to a ship this year. So, just watch out for them. And That's good. Oh, and, oh, don't yeah. forget, uh, I forgot. I brought up Kevin White like they don't have Christian Kirk. Yeah, that's what I'm about to too. And, Kirk, yeah. and, what's, and what's even crazier is that Christian Kirk, Kyler Murray, uh, Andy Isabella, these guys all have played in Cliff Kingsbury's system wow. already. Wow. So, you know, like, it, it, that's what I'm saying. Put guys in a position to be successful. Like, they can hit the ground running because, you know, they've done a lot of these things before. Yeah. And uh, you brought up a good point about David Johnson. Um, if somebody can grab him in the second round, whew, man, that means you drafted late first, you know, and then early second. Whoo, you might be able to double up on two decent backs. Yeah, congrats. Or something like that, you know. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so – um. Yeah, so our next team we're going to go, uh, I guess we'll keep alphabetical order, right? And uh, we'll be the Atlanta Falcons. Yep. Um, rise up. <laughs> uh, sorry. Yeah. Hope y'all Here we go. <laughs> hope y'all uh, Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, um, that's what I hope. <laughs> yeah. So, so, all right. So, Atlanta um, had a down year last year. Um, but it wasn't due to lack of talent. Um, it was because of injuries. Um that's really the only thing that they are one. I mean, I, I this year my prediction on them. There, I think they're a dark horse uh, Super Bowl favorite. And um, with everyone that they have coming back, I mean, you really think about what they what did they lose? Only thing they lost was Tevin Coleman, but they had a star running back coming back and Devontae Freeman. Um, they have uh, I. I really don't I, I like Austin Hooper but I don't think he's like a dynamic dynamic tight end I've been saying this for years I, I think the only thing they're missing if you could really point to one thing on offensive side of the ball is they don't have like a dynamic tight end but they really don't need one you have Quintoris <laughs> Julio Jones that receiver and you know they got a steal and um and Ridley dropping him another Florida boy um shut up look, look that boy he bad um um, and then of course you got Muhammad Sanu. Uh, they they have the weapons that you need uh, offensively. The, they got the uh, the running back Smith um, coming back as well. So they have two backs that they can rotate. Of course you got uh, Matt Ryan um, in there as well. So I really think the offense is, is actually going to be even better next year. Um, uh, really another year in um, in the system. 
Well, well, actually, they have Dirk Carter coming back now. People forget, uh, you know, Dirk Carter was the head coach at, for uh, for the Bucks last year yep. before he got let go. But when Matt Ryan had his what MVP season, Dirk Carter was the offensive coordinator then. But that was before uh, uh, Shanahan took over after Carter left. Yep. Uh, I, I, Carter was either his offensive coordinator or something. Either way, Carter was there when you know when I think it was either Matt Ryan or Julio had like their best season. So. Um, that's definitely going to help them out as well. So, and I mean, it also it it helps them out when they play the Bucks twice a year. Team he just left, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be even better on offense and on defense. I mean, they were just the most unlucky team in the NFL that I can remember Boy. in recent memory. Um, in recent memory, when it comes to injuries, uh, they lost Deion <laughs> Jones early. They lost Keanu Neal. Now, those are your two top defensive players. So, imagine your two best defensive players don't play. Like, to me, that is, like, that is backbreaking. And they still they still were competitive and winning a lot of games. Um, but uh, I, I just – I look at when you lose those two guys and you're just shuffling the deck up front of the D-line, you know, Vic um, – Beasley's in and out of the lineup and being inconsistent like he has – like he's been – um, they've had issues with consistently getting to the quarterback, even though they have all these freak athletes all all over the place. They just really have a, a tough time getting to the quarterback. Um, so with the with the injuries, I mean, like I said, I love KZ, the ball hawking playmaker back there. Um, they did get rid, rid of uh of Robert Alfred. Um, he's gone. No, and uh, no. yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's out of there. So um, they yeah, definitely have been in the, in the um. Black and true fun, is going to be solid, you know. Now, granted, a lot of people don't think he's playing up to his contract right now, but he is a solid player, you know. Uh, I mean, he's still playing solid. Maybe not up to his contract, but he's still a solid NFL cornerback, which I, I think mostly any team would take him on their team, and, and he'd start. And um, uh, they drafted uh, – oh, my goodness. Uh, what's his name? Kendall Sheffield. I want to say his name is Kendall Sheffield. The kid from Ohio State. The corner, mm-hmm. he's probably he didn't get to run it at uh, the draft. Um, I think he tore his pick. He, he like he like he strained his pick really bad or his shoulder, something uh, during the bench press. But I'm telling y'all, this dude was gonna. I think he was gonna come close to beating that record. Um, yeah. Uh, the uh, and and this disclaimer: John Ross did not run a four two two. He did not do it, even though I like John Ross. He did not run a 4-2 to anybody going on YouTube right now and watch the simulcam say Chris Johnson 4-2-4 versus John Ross. And John Ross was a full step behind. It. And then they simulcam John Ross with people who ran like 4-2-7, 4-2-8, and they look like they tied. Some of them like they beat them. So I'm like, this is just a publicity stunt. Like, something is not right about this. And most NFL players, I, I end up looking back into it. I'm like, something's not right about this. Um, this time, and another thing people don't know is, even though they say these are, they, these are the official times, they adjust those times and they send them back out. So like I remember, like on a couple of instances, like RG three ran a four. They said he ran a four four one. They simulcam him with other people. They said it was the official time was four four one. But RG three did a radio interview, or maybe like a year ago or something. He said my actual time when it was adjusted was actually a four three seven was my adjusted time. And when you simulcam him with other people that ran 4-3-7 on similar times, he's like, oh, okay, that makes perfect sense because that's what he looked like he ran. And I remember they had Marcus Mariota ran a 4-5-2, but he beat Russell Wilson by like a clear two steps. But they said, oh, no, his real time was 4-4-8. Anyway, I digress off the NFL network and their foolishness. Um, 
Sheffield uh, is, a, is a tough. He's a he's a big and he's fast man corner uh, to run with those guys that you know um, that Tampa has that uh, Carolina has and uh, also in New Orleans. Um, they're going to have to get stops with these teams. Bruce Arians is going to bring a lot of offense down there to Tampa, so they're going to have to be able to fly around and make plays. Of course, getting Keanu back and getting uh, Deion Jones back for healthy for a full season, that completely changes everything. That's like parachuting, a, um, I, I don't know, like a bomb in the middle of, of your defense. Like uh, he's, he's your captain, he's your leader, so you definitely need that. So um, I'm predicting a 10-win season. For the Falcons this year, um, and I think they're I think they will make the playoffs. Uh, I think the Saints will win the division, but I think uh, the the Falcons will finish in a close second, and they but with, with the playoff uh, berth, they I think they'll. And if they don't get a playoff berth, they'll be fighting you know for a wild card spot. So that's that's my prediction uh, for them. But I would not be surprised if they start getting hot towards the end of the year that we're actually watching them, you know, in February. So, we'll see. Question. Is What's Vic, up? Is Vic Beasley, uh, is he on the clock? Oh, yeah. Time, oh, time's been ticking for – after this rookie season, the clock was ticking. Because he had, like, one decent year where he was getting, like, a good bit of sacks. But then I don't remember anything else since. And I'm yeah. trying to remember, and, and, is he on right, the clock? And then, right. And, and, that, and that's one of the things about – even with, with him getting sacks, like, even if you're not getting sacks, generating pressures – you know, disrupting plays, that changes a lot. Like, you might not get a sack, but if you push the pocket, you win on a swim move, and the quarterback has to bail out of the pocket, throw the ball away, that's a win for the defense. You know, you might not have gotten a sack, but you still did a, a good job. And sometimes, you know, players do things like that, and it doesn't show up in the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. But he he's giving you none of that stuff. You know, like, he's – I mean, and he's barely giving you sacks. And I know a lot of Falcons fans are kind of fed up with him. They were kind of begging for a pass rush. They thought he was going to be the guy. But, you know, me personally, I think he might be, you know, playing out of position. He, he seems to be like a 34 outside linebacker that could rush. Um, or if he's playing in the 4-3, he needs to be playing Sam linebacker standing up um, more than he is uh, with his hand in the dirt. But, um, yeah, the clock is tick-tock ticking on him. I was wondering that because I, if I know it's one thing from Falcons fans, especially like the ones I work with, that's the that's like their biggest gripe. Uh, Big Beasley ain't doing shit. <laughs> I just be laughing because I'm like, I remember Big Beasley when he got drafted. You know, I was very much like, dang, they got a good player. But like you mentioned, he may he sure looked apart. He might just look be out of position, like you said though. Because I mean, I don't know yeah. if he can be that defensive end. And is it a four three day run? Yeah, they run the four three up. Yeah, see, he's he can get blocked easily. I mean, I, I can see Jason Witten letting his ass have it. You know, what I mean, I, I, I can see mm. him getting around him. So, um, all right. So, fancy wise, Julio Jones, we all know him. We know he's gonna be one of the top three receivers probably every year. Um, he just hit thirty years old. So, you know, uh, will time slow him down? I doubt it. Not yet. Only thing that's gonna slow him down is injuries because he can only stop himself. Him and the offense. Uh, Devontae Freeman. Probably one of the most frustrating backs to own only because he's got all the opportunity, especially this year with Telvin gone. But the fact is, is he going to be healthy? Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think this is Devontae's bounce back year because they did draft two offensive linemen in the first round. So there shouldn't be any more questions. Yeah. They run the football. That, that's Good point. Good point. No more. So if there's anybody I think is going to have a bounce back year for sure, I think Devontae is going to be a pretty big steal for most people. The boy can catch the ball and run. Just in case you do take him, though, I would go ahead and handcuff him with Ito Smith because yeah. 
He throw, uh, he can handle the load for a little bit. I'm not saying he's gonna be an every down ball carrier, but he did good in spurts last year. Um, let me see, Matt Ryan, another frustrating person because he can throw for 300 and something yards and have not one damn touchdown. Exactly, and, uh, boy. Be worst. Like that's the worst when it comes to fantasy. He'll throw some picks in a heartbeat too, but um. I think Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu. I thought it was a really good point you made about Austin Hooper because when you do have the amount of weapons Matt Ryan does have, you got Julio, you got Sanu, you got uh, Calvin Ridley, you got Devontae. I mean, you you got a lot to throw the, spread the ball around to. So, I mean, if Hooper is just decent, the Falcons should be amazing this year, in my opinion. But, um, you know, that may not happen. We'll see. We'll see. Falcons defense. I wouldn't too much mess with them. Uh, you can stream them every now and then, depending on who they play against. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, for the most part, I'd like to see Julio and Count really both get 1,000 yards this year apiece. Uh, some new at least 600, maybe. And like I said, Devontae, I think if he if he stays healthy, he can easily push for, you know, maybe top five all-purpose yards in the league this year. But if he doesn't stay healthy again, which might be the case, then – that's football. It is what it is. So, uh, that's pretty much it for me. And the fantasy side, uh, Twan, you got anything? No, man, but uh, I do want to say that uh, you brought up a good point about the two linemen that they drafted, and I completely forgot to go into detail about their draft. But uh, I know they weren't, you know, sexy splash picks. You know, they probably could have gone after some, you know, splash players. Uh, but this is the, the picks that they made are kind of the picks that set you up for a long time. Kind of let you know what your what your team is going to be about. Getting solid players like uh, uh, like they like they drafted uh, up front. Where it's just, I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with that. So um, and and it can really like set your franchise in in a you know real positive direction for a long time. Same thing, you know. You know, Dallas started a few years. They were like, oh, why didn't we draft? We drafted this line. We could have drafted so-and-so. And then the Colts yep. drafted Quentin Nelson. I mean, they drafted Quentin Nelson <laughs> last year. And I'm like, wow, why did they draft Quentin Nelson? They need to get some stuff for, for Andrew Luck. They're like, nah, this is just a, a guy that can, you know, help protect Andrew Luck. And now, after one year, Quentin Nelson, to me, is the best interior lineman in the NFL. And I really don't think it's particularly close. After When I first saw it, this first couple of games, I'm like, man, this dude is insane. So them just yeah. to get solid up front is definitely going to help out uh, with that run game. Um, there's no blocking scheme. Devontae should be able to to get loose this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he's like in a comeback player of the year conversation as long as he remains healthy. That's his, you know, his thing. As long as he stays healthy, because he's really been in a timeshare. Even back in college, he was in a timeshare with uh, Carlos Williams, um, yep. Florida State. So they, you know, he's. I mean, he he can do it. And they said he could have came back last year, but. Who knows? We'll see how it's going to work out. Um, I'm expecting a, a bounce back season just totally from Atlanta, and hopefully they can they can remain healthy. You know, me and you talk about like I hate, you know, in OTAs training camp we get that ticker breaking news, so and so carted off the field. Like we heard about Ruben Foster, and it's like, oh man! Like as soon as you hear that, it's like it just ruins everything. Like, Chasing guys hurt, but that's the nature of the beast. So yep. um, yeah, so who we who we previewing uh, next week on our <coughs> um, NFL team previews? Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know right now. Uh, not about my computer, but Baltimore. I think it's Baltimore Ravens. Is that who it is? Yeah, Baltimore. And then uh, Cincinnati. Uh, Chicago Bears. One of them. Yeah, probably so. But yeah. we'll deliver it next. Week. Uh, I mean, well, I'm gonna say next week. We might deliver it this weekend, more than likely. Because um, I mean, like I said, y'all, hey, print the shirts. 
Hey, print the merch. Make the merch. <laughs> the series is over tonight. All right, now, remember, hey, remember, what, remember what happened yeah. the Patriots did that? They had to send that to some third world country in South hey, America. Hey, well, <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, print the shirts. Okay, it's over. Get your get your, hey, get your gear ready. Get your hat draped. About to have a concert after the game. They're getting the stage ready. Get the confetti. Get it out. We're about to get your wings. Get your popcorn. It's ready. You yeah, know, yeah, uh, yeah. even Tuan, who was the most staunch Golden State fan, I know. Even he knows the series is over. No, he knows Steph. He knows Steph cannot build them out. He knows KD cannot build them out. He knows this. So if he know it, y'all got to know it too. Just got to believe in it. So, Warriors, look, it was a nice season. The dynasty is over. Mm-hmm. KD is leaving if he's any kind of man. Uh, you know, Clay, Clay probably coming to OKC to hang with Russell and Paul. You know, yeah, right. Ain't nobody and, going, you know, nobody going to OKC. You can forget that. I mean, I'm just, you know what the streets talking about. That's all. But uh, mm-hmm. hey, y'all, thank you again for listening. Um, again, keep sharing with your friends and family. Uh, keep subscribing. Uh, like I said, DM questions from the crowd. School whenever y'all ready to do it. Let us know. We'll ask the questions. We'll have you answer them too. Uh, again, thank you again just for like being here with us. Uh, Tawani, you got anything, bro? No, everybody, just make sure you go follow our page. It's A and E Sports Talk on Instagram. A and E Sports Talk. Uh, follow the page. Uh, um, also make sure you're following us on Anchor, Spotify. Um, you know we're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, just make sure that we are. Um, you know our podcast being shared. If you join the product. Um. Also, I'm still working on, I got my guy, uh, Jay Mills. He's uh, working on actually getting our merchandise page up right now. Um, so we'll have some merch out there. And also, if you guys want to, you know, get your sponsorship, your companies, your brand out there, send, um, you know, find us on Instagram, send us an email, um, or send us text messages. And uh, get the word out, man. Appreciate all the love and support, man. That's all I got, y'all. Print the shirts. Bye, man. Peace, y'all. <laughs> Thank you.